Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a cave diving enthusiast. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. On this day in 2018, the last four of 12 Thai boys were rescued from the Tam Luang Nang Non Cave in Thailand. The rescue was an international sensation, broadcast around the world and bringing together over 100 elite cave divers, Navy SEALs, over 24 countries, and thousands of volunteer rescue personnel. The boys and their coach all survived, but two Thai Navy SEALs sacrificed their lives in the rescue effort. It was a tribute to what we can do when we work together, and the heroic lengths people are willing to take to save another life. So, let's reverse. The boys were all members of a local soccer team called the Wild Boars, and all ages 11 through 16. It was June 23rd, 2018, and one of the boys, moms, had baked a SpongeBob SquarePants birthday cake for him, but he never came home. It turns out after soccer practice that day, some of the team went with their assistant coach to the nearby Tam Luang Cave to explore, just like they had done countless times before. But this time, monsoon rain set in and sealed off their only way out. They had to climb further and further into the cave to escape the rising water. All they had with them was flashlights, trapped for 18 days. They stayed alive, drinking the water leaking from the cave walls. The boys' coach had been a monk, and he taught them meditation techniques to calm them down and reduce their use of oxygen. These techniques may have saved their lives. Meanwhile, outside the cave, a rescue mission of global proportions was taking shape. The story spread like wildfire on social media and eventually global news. Thai authorities called for help and other countries rallied to answer. On June 28th, five days after the boys' initial disappearance, international rescue crews began to stream in. All the while, the rain kept coming. For days, rescuers swam through dangerously flooded tunnels deeper and deeper into the mountain, but couldn't find any trace of the team. Local experts said that by July 10th, the entire cave system would be completely flooded. Yep, July 10th. Then, 10 days into the ordeal, two divers from the United Kingdom came upon an incredible sight. They surfaced in an air pocket to find all 12 boys and their coach alive. In a video of the event, you can hear the divers saying, It's okay. Many people are coming. Many, many people are coming. The video was immediately shared on social media and broadcast across the world. The rescue teams brought the boys food, a medic, and Navy SEALs to stay with them. But a successful rescue was still a long way off. It took hours each time for these elite divers to reach the boys, and now they had to figure out how to safely evacuate 13 people with no diving experience, and some who couldn't swim, through the two-and-a-half-mile maze of underwater tunnels and caverns. Back outside, an entire village had sprung up around the entrance of the cave. People volunteered to clean portable toilets, local laundromats washed muddy clothes every night, food vendors kept everyone fed, and volunteers from around the world brought supplies and expertise. 
The rescuers delivered handwritten letters between the boys and their families. One boy wrote jokingly to his teacher, don't give us too much homework. On July 7th, two full weeks after the boys went missing, the rain slowed and Thai authorities decided it was now or never. The final massive rescue sprung into motion, with almost 100 divers leading the charge. The plan was for each boy to be attached to a diver who would navigate with air tanks through the incredibly narrow, freezing pitch black waters. At some parts, the submerged tunnels were so narrow, they had to take the oxygen tanks and push them ahead while they pulled the boys carefully behind. A few hours of this went on until the caves opened up slightly. Then they strapped the boys onto stretchers, attached to ropes and pulleys, and built human chains to pass the boys towards the entrance. It took nearly three days to get all the boys out. Finally, on July 10th, the day that locals said the caves would be totally flooded, the last four boys and their coach emerged into the fresh mountain air and were immediately taken to a hospital to join the rest of their team. Floodwaters rushed in shortly after, but all the boys survived thanks to the heroism of their coach and the cooperation of the world. One final fun fact about this story. The cave's name means Great Cave of the Sleeping Lady, referencing the mountain above that looks like the form of a sleeping woman. It reminds me of Moana and the mother island that nurtures the life around her. At Tam Luang, the boys' families prayed for deliverance and protection from the spirit of the cave. A spirit which is also, supposedly, a woman. Now, let's talk about music. On this day in 2008, Shazam for iPhone debuted in the launch of Apple's App Store. Suddenly, by simply tapping an app button on an iPhone, music fans could finally get an answer to the timeless question, what's that song? Shazam's free smartphone app is the first music recognition service of its kind, using a phone's microphone to listen to any song being played publicly, like in a restaurant, at a friend's house, or on a TV, and identify it and it actually works. Today, Shazam's data has helped shape the music industry, sometimes even predicting a future hit based on how many Shazams a track gets. One of my favorite tweets about Shazam was from a user, Dylan Adler 6 who tweeted, I have never opened Shazam, not in a rush panic. You gotta catch that song. And now for today's final segment, I'll be going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a July 10th in my life. On July 10th, 2019, I was in New York celebrating my birthday. Um, I went to the Met the day before, and that was really fun. I think it was the first time that I'd ever actually gone to the Met. And I remember at that point I was talking about moving to New York, and now I've just celebrated my 21st birthday in New York, and I live here. Woo! It's really weird. Like, I have all these photos from that trip, and it definitely did, like, a bunch of touristy stuff. And now those are things I, like, actively try and avoid because I don't want to have to deal with huge crowds of people anywhere. <laughs> but it's still fun. I think I might go to the Met sometime this summer just to go see their their exhibit. But I haven't been to the Met Cloisters. I'm really, really excited to do that. But I think um, the day after my birthday on this July 10th in 2019, I went to go meet up with a friend, and we went and got – um, boba donuts, which I didn't even know existed. And it was a lot to take in. And I also wasn't taking my lactose intolerance seriously then. I still don't, by the way. Uh, so I needed to um, rush back to my Airbnb with my family. Thanks for going back in time with me. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM2. 
snacks every day so don't leave too soon i'm gonna teach you stuff no it won't be tough gonna go a year till you've had enough it's 365